Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. Well, it's the fantasy football league drama heard around the world as Dave Damashek is arguing with Bill Simmons about a trade that went down in their league involving Paul Kohorst, a.k.a. the Dutch Mook, and a special guest appearance by Hollywood John Hamm to come settle all hash give it a listen just some vitriolic just a chain of them from all the other owners how dare you make a trade to dutch mook one of those people is now joining the conversation his name is john ham the man most famous most famous (laughs) kicking poor dave damashek out of the fantasy football league a year and a half ago I mean, I don't want to live life in the rearview mirror. That's neither here nor there. I don't How think are you should. Here? I'm good, thank you. And I, I, I'll have a, I have a couple things to say about this. Okay. About that. Uh, I don't think it was a, a cavalcade of other, and I'm not sure if we're allowed to say owners at this point either. <laughs> um, but uh, mem- members of the overseers probably worse. Uh, members of the uh, <laughs> fantasy league. Um, executives I, I guess maybe mm. is the better choice mm. um I, I i found it uh fascinating i think the the prime mover in this egregious uh hurt this this mystif- mystifying uh outsized uh outrage was our good our dear friend mr simmons who has the natural ability like all people from boston to think the world is somehow aligned against them when, if I may quote the thing I am actually most famous for, Mr. Draper, the universe is indifferent. Um, but, uh, I, th- you know, look, my take on all of this, again, we're talking about uh, Mr. Mook here, who is very good fantasy football talent. The proof mm-hmm. is in the pudding. Okay. He found himself through no fault of his own. As we know, there is an element of random number generation fantasy football. Sometimes you come up against a steamroller and you could have the most points in the league and be, you know, have a record well under 500. Uh, I think this is the situation we find ourselves in. So you have to win now. I'm in another league where I'm two and six as well. And and going two and seven is a much tougher hill to climb out of than three and six for sure. So you have to win now. So the question becomes, is there some sort of collusion which was suggested by our esteemed 
man from the north. Let me interrupt, because that's exactly, you know, vain Dave, you know, paranoid Dave, but just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean that people <laughs> are not out to get, get you. Me. Exactly. They are. That, that's right. And let me tell you something. That's what I read. It was this passive aggressive. What is the MOOC doing when really it was an insinuation? Damashek is taking advantage of the MOOC. And Bill Simmons has now decided, I don't want to tell tales out of school. I wasn't, I, I sincerely wasn't going to name names, but okay, you put it out there. The idea, talk about overseeing. He, he deserves he, to be named in this. He was okay, the prime well, I, All right, listen, but let me, let me just say, talk about overseer. He decided we have no rule that you have to approve each other's trades, right? I mean, that that's and people have gotten very upset about. Correct me trades. if I'm wrong. I think we have had certain things in the past where where the there was a little bit of a hue and cry, and maybe there was an uh, an uneven thing. Am I wrong or am I misremembering? We, we voted on it. We voted on it in the league uh, as yes. a league like two years ago whether to even have an over uh, a veto rule, and right. it was did not pass. The did darkest pass. chapter in league history, aside from John Ham. Um, star of tag kicking poor Dave Damashek out of the once league. again. I think you're confusing the phrase darkest period with funniest period. So again, and I will I mean, say I, I, I'm I, not. I, I don't want to tell other people what art how to feel. Enjoy. <laughs> I hope you're going to say that's the whole losing, point of this conversation. I guess you're right. Touché. I hope I you're going to say point. losing the trophy, David, because uh, I'm still hot, and that is rightfully why you were kicked to the curb. And once again, my name should be on there, too, if there was one. But it's somewhere in a landfill in Agoura Hills. So, well, we don't know. See, I I guess I have a yeah, certain disposition oh, that you guys do, because I'm still hoping that that trophy shows up someday. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Neither do you. You've just right. assumed the worst. Maybe it's going to reveal itself one day and we're going to be more. We're going to be better for it. OK, back to what we're talking about, though. So Mook is two and six. Now, the key detail of the players named a couple of minutes ago in this trade were yes the guys i got are better but they were all on a buy in week nine and the mook with a two and seven record is really that much further out of it and if he wins and gets the three and six there's a reasonable shot he makes a run right i don't think it's there might be a follow-up trade there might be a thing exactly you have to win you're trading your future to win now it happens a lot in sports but the insinuation is, as as I, my takeaway, well, first of all, so Simmons' plan is, or thought was, from here on out, if you're four games under, you're not allowed to make trades anymore. What in the hell? I mean, That's- bad trades happen, not just in fantasy football. We did. The, the darkest moment that I was referencing was, I don't remember the specifics, but somebody gave away basically Todd Gurley. And it was a lousy deal and there was more, oh, this is fixed and everything else. And again, maybe again, it's my sunny disposition. Maybe I'm Pollyanna. I'm willing to bet that 0% of the league members are trying to trick the rest of the league. Are trying Absolutely. To- Absolutely. Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's no about? way. It's, 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 you're, you're trying to, you're trying to make the best deal in the, in the moment of, of what you think. And we all have, you know, sleepers and guys that we think are going to blow up. You know, who had C.J. Stroud this week that, that started that, you know, who knows? It's it's that's why the NFL is the NFL. And that's why we tune in every week. Todd Gurley had a spectacular year and then a spectacular flame out. Like, you know, it's it's it is what it is. So the, you're, the other part of it that you're neglecting to mention is that 
mm. is that the sports guy is, I think, in number in first place in the league. So he's feeling a little yes. bit like, oh, well, wait a minute. Someone's coming after me now. Damashek's loading up for a run. And, you know, again, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm surprised that a man who runs a $100 million empire has the time to worry about things like this. <laughs> That's why it's um, the best. But it it is uh, it is I, I think the it was treated with the amount of humor that it was uh, that was appropriate. No, 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 no. There's an extra chapter because <laughs> so the sports guy is playing overseer, a role no one asked him to play. No one asked. Did not who's need. allowed? Who rises to the level of commissioner is not an option. I mean, what the hell are we doing? So I send off. By the way, okay, I'm a, I'm not a great guy. I think we all agree uh, on that point, at least. Agreed, agreed. The, the Dutch <laughs> Mook, though, is a sweetheart. Do we think, is the league's opinion laid out on that on that email chain that he's trying to screw the sports guy out of 200 bucks in between his chemo treatments? I mean, what are we talking about? This is an insane uh, position of cynicism to take, right? Exactly. Well, it, does, it doesn't make and I'll say this when I'm, when you make the trade, by the way, you know, like John clearly saw that when I was, how I was making the trade, my back was up against the wall. I was giving up more than I was getting. But when I made the offer, I texted you and you said yes within uh, like 45 seconds. Then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I gave up too much. If anyone, if you know, if you offer a trade and someone says yes, that quick. Snaps it up for like, sure. Oh shit. Now I, now I've really done it. But uh, truth but yes, serum, that, you truth serum that when I said yes, and then Simmons sends that email to the entire group, your first instinct was, well, now I'm embarrassed and we should undo this trade. Uh, not that we should undo this trade, but I was definitely okay. like, I, I went back into a trade calculator. You have these trade calculators now and, uh, you know, you can enter in all the players and then like a little, uh, meme pops up and every single one of them is like, no, you're a freaking idiot for doing this trade. And then I was like, well, you know, then I felt terrible, but, but that said, let's talk about what happened this week. What happened? I, am, I well, I now have the juggernaut that is Rashad White. I mean, uh, this week I might, next week I might be able to get Christian McCaffrey for Rashad White. I mean, you you can't get stop this guy now. Sometimes tanking for the second pick actually works out in your favor. Myself and Jen Piacenti on Waiver Wire discussed the Houston Texans lucking into that second pick and getting C.J. Stroud, who had an incredible 470-yard, five-touchdown performance last Sunday. I think that right now, Everyone in Houston, Texas needs to write a thank you letter to Lovey Smith for winning that game at the end of the season that cost them the earlier draft pick so that they had to take the mentally inferior CJ Stroud, the guy who couldn't pass his test. He has no intelligence. This kid un- we are driving the CJ Stroud hype bus. We started this way back, weeks ago. I love him. I love him. I love him. Even if you're not a Texans fan, if you watch that game, you will become one. They are literally using Dari Ogunwale, their running back, to kick field goals to win this game. They are 
on another level, 470 yards, five passing touchdowns. Our boy Tank Dell went off. Didn't matter that he's undersized. I don't care. Dalton Schultz was a beast for me in my oh, yeah. high stakes league. It has been phenomenal. Do I think every game is going to be like that? No, of course not. Just the previous week before, they struggled versus the Panthers. But there is just so much potential here, and it's just so exciting to see. This is the thing that makes football exciting. Between C.J. Stroud and Joshua Dobbs on Sunday, it was just like feel-good central. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we're we're kind of at this weird... Um you know, state of the NFL where we, we broke the record for most amount of rookie quarterbacks starting at nine this season already. We're, we're just entering week 10 here. So you could say like quarterback play has not been really uh, great. And then seeing a guy that comes in with this kind of Buckeye curse against them and like, oh, they, you know, how do you uh, not, you know, stay in the race to, to, uh, to get Bryce Young and they go and they, they get the number two guy, you know, not the one from Alabama coached by Nick Saban. And then he comes in and it's like, and I don't want to, you know, poo poo on the, on the, the, talent they have on the Texans here but I look at it it's like outside of Dalton Schultz who I thought was a pretty good um uh, above average tight end and I think it was a really nice signing and Damian Pierce went healthy could be a good running back but like I think the Tank Dells and the Nico Collins of the world like CJ Stroud kind of making them and it's incredible to say to see a rookie come in the on the scene this quickly and be this good uh almost more impressive than a Brock Purdy because I I mean there's just a lack of talent around him he's making everyone better uh in a shootout versus the Bucks and like you said it won't be every game where it's thrown for 470 and five touchdowns but I think CJ Stroud is going to be entering a territory where he just makes everyone around him better a la like a Patrick Mahomes where he covers up your flaws and I'm not going to be shocked going forward if he's a guy you could just kind of pencil in for like that two three touchdown pass mark going forward for the rest of his career I'm I'm super impressed with him um it's you know people are going to want to go to Houston to play with mistakes. him. Does not he make did all mistakes. Of that without Does not turn it over. And then He's had one all season. And bring talking about mistakes, which is why he looks so much better, is the fact that Bryce Young threw two pick sixes, the number one overall pick threw two pick sixes in the same week and the same day that CJ Stroud's looking so superb. And um, you gotta, if you're a Houston fan, not only is your coach a former player who was great for your team, but he, you have all this great young talent um that just looks a lot better because of how yeah. good CJ Stroud. He's just so far ahead of where he's supposed to be. Um, and he broke that Buckeye curse, and the number two pick sometimes pays off. Like you don't have to always worry about number one because the number guy, the guy that falls in your lap may be the better, uh, the better quarterback. And he's been awesome. Yeah. And a lot of credit to that coaching staff in Texas too. I think one of the things that set the tone was taking CJ Stroud at number two and then still trading up to get Will Anderson. They just let everybody know. They let CJ Stroud know you are our first choice. They gave him that confidence by taking him there mm -hmm. and then still went and got their guy. It was very bold and it seems to be working out very Phenomenal well. They're draft. absolutely in, in playoff contention. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, Register using this code, listen up, Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 
21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Special guest comedian Steve Byrne joined Dave Damashek and Saratiana on Extra Points to discuss their most hated sports teams. Byrne, start us off. Give us one, two, three, win, play, show, your most hated teams in sports. Akron, I mean, I have to say, I'd have to say the Flyers, the Ravens, and then the Caps, although I have mm. some slight admiration for the Caps because I do like Ovechkin. I think he's incredible for the sport, a great personality. And when he won, I was kind of happy for him because he seems like such a colorful guy. But nothing makes me happier than see the Pens beat the Caps. I, I cannot stand, stand Tom Wilson. I think he's uh, he's the Matt, he's our Matt Cook, but we were smart enough to get rid of him. That's right. That's right. Tiana, how say you on this? Yeah, mine would be the Phillies. Phillies number one. Uh, yeah, I would cheer for Al Qaeda before the Phillies. <laughs> uh, I think number two place would be the Gators, and then show is probably the Patriots, only because they ruined my Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, that could really I put an asterisk sad. under one? Oh, please. I, I do a fourth with an asterisk, Penn State, because of all the, the, uh, the, the I've seen the documentaries. 
You read it oh, in the newspapers, but nothing else. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't like them I read in their the papers, white uniforms. Yeah. The papers, right? <laughs> I heard about those yeah. Happy Valley papers at the time. They were not kind. Uh, those were some bad news. <laughs> not um, kind. I hated them before that. I was in before it was before it was cool. My old man mm. raised me to know that Joe Putt was was a self righteous creep, the king, not just the mayor, the king of Mount Pius. Coming down on poor Jackie Sherrill and the Pitt Panthers. Then he got his. And this is the way it always goes. When you're right. going too hard after somebody else, you're covering up for something else. OK, exactly. that's that's maybe uh, me. What are your what are your top three? Yeah. Penn State is in my top three. The Flyers okay. were it forever. And they were replaced after the last Penguins demise at the hands of the Islanders. The I Islanders vaulted the number one all time. I hate that. The Islanders have caused Penguins most the most pain. And it really isn't, if you break it down, the, the seminal moments that the Islanders have dealt the Penguins, you know, between 93, 82, and then that loss when the Penguins were pretty good about three years ago. College basketball is back, and Brad Evans is back on Trendy with Toby Mergler. Give a listen of Brad giving you a primer for this season of College Hoops. Brad here is one of the leading voices in the entire land in the collegiate form of hardball. So I thought before we jumped into today's picks, Brad, why don't we give the people at home just a little bit of primer? Like, I know because of the transfer portal, it's way harder to handicap college basketball earlier in the season, because who the hell even knows who's playing where right now? But I thought you might be able to look at it a little more um, kind of uh, big picture. When you're looking at basketball, how do you like to attack it? Do you like to pay attention to certain conferences? Do you like the player prop market? Do you like to play money lines? Do you like to play adjusted spreads? Where do you think the value is in college basketball? Uh, all the above. Uh, I like to do everything, honestly. Um, you know, I leave no stone unturned when it comes to the college basketball world. So uh, generally speaking, early on this season, I never play a standard line. I never play a standard total. It's all about the alt market, the SGPs, uh, maybe the parlays that I can build to reduce the juice and then get seduced by the juice. That's all I care about, man. I, I have some favorites that are out there based on, you know, coaches and I know what kind of schemes they run. Some of the players that may be familiar that are back in uniform and uh, try to, you know, match it up with their opponent and say, okay, there's some decent value here. And there is a tremendous amount of projecting uh, in some of those resources that are out there, predictive metrics, uh, when it when it's tied to like EvanMaya.com, the KenPom.com, of course, everybody knows, Bartorvik.com, Haslametrics, Shot Quality, list goes on and on. It's a really granular sport you can dig in and all the various nuances that are tracked. We just don't have any data except from last year. And as you said, the makeup of all these teams, for the most part, is so very different. It's in what's yeah. best guess and cleaning, you know, the coaches on the sidelines on what they're going to get uh, from their players and their squads day in and day out. But you know what we do? We fire tickets and we ride <laughs> and we figure it out with them. Well, you just mentioned something that's interesting, right? Like, because there's never been more chaos between the quick path of the NBA, guys who don't even make it to college because they're going to, uh, you know, straight to the G League or whatever it might be. But the coaches, the coaches do hang around. So are there any college coaches that you like to either fade or follow fairly consistently just because you feel like you know you're, what you're going to get with them? Do you have any whipping boys or guys who are paid for your mortgage over the years? 
Uh, yeah, D'Antoni, uh, he's uh, the head coach of Marshall. Uh, you might know his brother that uh, was a head coach for several NBA teams over a number of years. It's all about the style of play. Uh, you know it's going to be frenetic. You know it's going to be breakneck. You know it's going to be up and down. It's going to be a high possession kind of game. So, you know, I don't know, Jack, nor squad about the actual players uh, on either one of these teams or strengths or weaknesses. I'll let that, uh, you know, evolve as the season goes on. But what I do know is that the coaches – especially Dan, Tony, they're going to run. There's going to be a lather. It's going to be pooling up in all the wrong places for the guys on the court. And as a result, I hopefully am not going to pool up in all the wrong places trying to sweat out <laughs> and over total. Well, I'll tell you what, there's so much movement in college basketball and guys are all over the place. And it's so hard to keep track. If you told me you were taking over 10 and a half on a guy named Jack squat tonight, I'd probably just follow you blindly just because <laughs> that'd be the only way you can, uh, you can make some money in this. So one last question, Brad, then we'll get to our picks. You are a devoted Illini fan. Uh, so what do you think about Illinois this season? Well, uh, this is a true story. I went to an exhibition game uh, because they were playing the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, preseason number one in the AP poll. And I'm like, oh, oh this is an awesome opponent. Uh, it's a you know, meaningless game, except it was meaningful because it was a fundraiser for the victims in Maui. And I've mm. been to the island several times. Uh, I absolutely love it. It is true paradise. And a lot of people struggling uh, do the aftermath of the horrific fires that occurred there. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, you know, uh, contribute to the cause the best way that I can and watch a great game in the process. The game was unbelievable. Uh, guys were diving all over the place. Hunter Dickinson was being a Dickinson, pulling guys down. <laughs> Should have got called for a flagrant foul, a, a timer three in that game. Uh, there were stoppages to review and, um, you know, look at replays. I mean, it, it felt like a game that should have been played in the middle of February, uh, not in late October. And Illinois prevailed, winning by seven. So it gave me, uh, you know, some context clues. And, you know, after the game, uh, my buddy Robbie Hummel, who was covering for the Big Ten Network, he interviewed uh, Brad Underwood, the head coach of the University of Illinois. And he had a bleep eaten grin on his face uh, <laughs> that you could not wash off. Not only in the interview with Hummel, but in the post game press conference as well. He was ecstatic with the effort the guys had, the toughness that they showed, the depth of the town overall. Uh, so I think, you know, Illinois could exceed expectations. I'm cautiously and I'm very cautiously optimistic. Uh, they could vie for a Big Ten title with Michigan State and everybody's uh, popular pick in the Purdue Boilermakers because Zach Eady is back and he's still very tall. Are the best vibes in the AFC actually in Las Vegas right now? Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels and Lemon Pepper Parley discussed the morale shift in the locker room for the Raiders after firing Josh McDaniels and promoting Antonio Pierce. The best vibes in the AFC right now? Las Vegas Raiders. Is I know... They suck. They're a bad team. The vibes are great but, right now, though. But the vibes, baby. You saw Devontae Adams hitting. I mean, first of all, that jump shot was pure, okay? And then he had in that locker room with that basketball. Then secondly, watching Max Crosby, Eastern Michigan's finest, just puffing on cigars like Joe Burrow post-national championship game. It just goes to show you just how little they liked Josh McDaniels. It's <laughs> like, it's the ultimate, like, oh, you started dressing up and going out more. You know, champagne in your glass on a dance floor. Like, I remember you used to call me. Not no more. It's over with that. I just wonder what Josh McDaniels is doing Sunday. Because if he was watching football, he couldn't have felt good about it.
<laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love the post game celebration. I mean, it did look like they won the Super Bowl or something, right? But you know, Max Crosby and they're vibing, rapping the lyrics, like you mentioned about Devonte Adams hooping during the week. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to Antonio Pierce. He got them boys feeling good. They're a former NFL player himself. Obviously, he can relate to the team a lot better than I'm sure Joshy could. So yeah. Former uh former Long Beach Poly Jackrabbit head coach. How about that? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah, man, I'm happy for he grew up a Raiders fan, actually. He said, you know, and you know, it makes sense from being out here like in the LA area. So yeah, I, I think do you think he has the actual chance of keeping that job beyond this year? History says no. You know, just in general, most I mean, you name the last interim coach to keep the job. But also, the last time the Raiders were in this position, they had to move on from John Gruden, replace him with Rich Passaccia, went on a playoff run, and then let go of Rich Passaccia and ended up in the boat they're in now. This team makes a run. I would not be shocked to see, well, Antonio Pierce get at least five, six games next year before the, the, the full nationwide coaching search occurs. Unless, of course, uh, they – crucified Jim Harbaugh for stealing signs. <laughs> stealing signs. Cover him up. Uh and he goes on to the NFL. Then I think, you know, that that domino could change things. And let's stop down for a quick break here. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Well, it looks like we're at the end of the road for Daniel Jones as a New York Giant. During this episode of Minus 3, I tell Dave Damashek and Kevin Hinch why I think it's the last we've seen him play in a big blue uniform and why he deserved much, much better during his tenure with the G-Men. I'll start off with my uh, good goat here, and this is just more of a a farewell. Um, it's a goodbye. It's an honorary good goat. It's going to be Daniel Jones last time uh, we've oh, ever seen him hurts. as a Giants fan. Um, just, I mean, look, the guy from the draft and check, we were there, took the famous picture with him, uh, drafted him when you had Eli Manning on the roster right after picking up the uh, the option to keep Eli Manning, give him a contract for that next year. So right off the bat, I mean, this guy, what people were saying, why are you taking him? He's a, he goes to a basketball school uh, and, the, and he was a guy that was going to, he was supposed to play football at Princeton. And then luckily at the last minute, you know, Duke said, come over here. Um, and everyone you talk to, you know, Cutcliffe, especially who's the, the famous, you know, quarterback guru and was coach there. The guy just been a workhorse and a gym rat and just study a student of the game you know, since his college days through his pro days. And it's it just easy to root for a guy and the age of like the social media and the kind of uh, me first athletes, like just somebody who does not say a peep and keeps to himself. And it just, I love that about him and going through the Shermer experiment into Joe judge. And then obviously now with Dayball and Kafka, just year after year, new coach, new offense, new system. We try to draft players to help him like a Kadarius Tony. That doesn't work out. We try to draft offensive linemen like Evan Neal to help him out. That doesn't work. Just no nothing ever goes right for this guy. And the one year that it kind of did, 
you know, going making the playoffs last year, winning a road playoff game versus the Vikings. Um, he still did that with like the top three receivers, all like Wondell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, all injured. They try to bring in Darren Waller. He gets injured again. Like just nothing ever goes right for this guy. And seeing that play where he kind of, I guess, tripped over his own guy when Max Crosby was like rushing him and then something happened. You could tell that it was off. And then when he just drops back, tries to plant his, his right foot and it just collapses. Um, I just felt sick. I felt terrible for the guy because he does not deserve this. And to me, he is like the quintessential, like goes to the Patriots and Belichick and his like final hurrah will coach him up to be like a play, a perennial playoff quarterback. And I hope it does happen um, because the John, and, and you know, it was the best case scenario for all parties, um, him getting injured, um, you know, especially when they had that contract, he will cost like 22 million against the cap uh, and dead money, which is whatever you had to pay him. And his contract is not what people think he's not getting paid 40 million a year. Um, and that contract for quarterbacks will be pretty middle of the road by next season anyway. But um, it just makes the most sense because this is how Dable and Shane extend their careers as giants. Uh, because if you attach yourself to a new quarterback, you're going to get two, three years anyway. So they're going to go take a quarterback and they'll uh, unfortunately move on from him. And it just has to happen. This this era of Giants football is just is disgusting. It's a disgrace. And that needs a whole new fresh face. So this is my uh, my farewell to Daniel Jones there. Um, kind of nice. In I got to say real quick, because I think, you know, Spaghetti and I are in the same garage on, on uh, Danny Dimes. I, I, just, I just think he's good. And I just I, I'm like, I don't think, you know, he's ever had enough around him. Um, and, and like Spaghetti pointed out, like, you know, he he won a road playoff game with nothing around him. Like it's like he and and but the 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 if this is the swan song which i think spaghetti's right about like it's like it says so much about this guy and who he is when you think of the licks that he has taken like that opening night against the cowboys just getting blasted play after play and you know not screaming at receivers for not getting open or anything it's just like back in the huddle get blasted like so tough and then we got to assume he tore his ACL on the play before, right? Yeah. That yeah, like yeah. so hmm. he tears his ACL and he's like, huddle up, huddle up, let's go. And it's not until you know he's gotta be in a lot of pain, but he's used to being in pain after a, a giant's mm-hmm. offensive play because he gets blasted on every play. He tears his ACL and he goes, huddle up. And then he's like, Oh, I can't put any weight on my leg. That is like that that's a different kind of badge of honor, like for that guy. So I, I'm with spaghetti, man. I, I I like him. I think he is a winner, and I hope he finds the right situation. Um, it's funny, Eddie Spaghetti sort of personifies what it is to be a quarterback in New York City and that pressure cooker. I was at the draft, as he said, spaghetti and spaghetti's brother. And I in the same room waiting for all the first round draft picks to come so we can kibitz with them. And when you could hear the stage nearby, they announced the the New York Giants select Daniel Dimes, Duke and Eddie Spaghetti and his brother MF'd it up, but good. And how could they do this? And 25 minutes later, Danny Dimes is in there and I'm taking a picture of the two of them or somebody's taking a picture of the two of them. And I'm like, Spaghetti, tell them what you said. Tell them what you said 20 minutes ago <laughs> and all of that. And this is what ha- he, won- he won over about as tough a town you can win over. I think people, Giants fans, largely embrace this guy. I do think it's over for him. Real quick, though, Spaghetti, as a fan of the Giants, you say you hope he goes somewhere and thrives. What if it's in Washington? Will you be happy for him then? Um, You know, it's kind of like... 
I I, I want to see him thrive and be successful. It's kind of like the same thing when you see Ranger players go other places and they, you know, I'm trying to think of guys like Brady Shea or JT Miller. And I'm like, all right, they're doing better. It's okay. I don't hate them. I will never hate him. If he, even if he goes to a rival, um, cause I do think he has the potential to be good. I mean, I'm not a Patriots lover, but I, I said, like, I think the Patriots would make a ton of sense for him to go there. Uh, the command, yeah, but if been- he's beating you twice a season, it'll take on a different look altogether. If it's in yeah. your division, you're like, ah, I'm not so happy for this guy anymore. It'll show the failures of the organization, which I don't see turning around anytime soon anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it'll just be it'll another reason for me not to watch football on Sunday. So it's, I'm, I'm fine with that. And here to round up this episode of the best of we're back to trendy with Toby Mergler and Brad Evans in a little advice corner. Give it a listen. So Brad, you are very vocal on LinkedIn and, and the X and other places about, you know, our industry and uh, the future of content within it. You and I obviously have done a lot together and had a lot of conversations on the subject. Uh, you are one of the only people though, to have a television job as an EP, as an on-air talent within the sports gambling and fantasy content space. It's only a handful of people that can make that claim. So what advice or what would you suggest or what would you say to anybody who's listening right now who wants to do this, you know, six months from now, next year, five years, 10 years from now and set themselves up for the same level of success you've had? Yeah, you got to be versatile. Uh, you got to be able to be a kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, you know, writing uh, is kind of falling out of favor for a lot of decision makers, but I still think that's going to, you know, re- revert and, and come back around eventually. So you still got to be competent and strong in that area. You got to be great uh, behind the mic. You got to be very co- uh, comfortable on camera as well. And you got to bring the noise, got to bring the energy and the confidence with your selections uh, and be entirely transparent. Uh, because when you are an open book, uh, not only are you being authentic and kind of you know true to your audience, uh, but they're like, you know, this guy doesn't know everything. I don't know everything, but I'm going to tail him on this Rockets bet tonight because I believe in what he is selling or she is selling. Uh, So, you know, being open, being honest, being transparent, being versatile, those are the biggest keys and never saying no to anything. Uh, Somebody, you know, sends you an email or drops you a text message and says, hey, come on, let's talk gambling on my podcast or on radio or on television. You say yes, yes, and yes again. Try to get your name out there as much as you can because it's a highly competitive business and uh, you got to put your best foot forward all the time. So checking those boxes, I think, is going to veer you in the right direction. That is a path I have taken in my career, uh, and I've been at this uh, nearly two decades, amazingly. I, you're telling me it's amazingly. I can't believe you got past two days. But you're right about <laughs> you're right about the energy, and I mean, I doubt anybody is curious. But the reason I scream at the top of every show is some advice Sal gave me uh, a couple of years ago when he asked me to start hosting stuff against one against my will and the American public's will. Yeah. Um, is that you want to be yourself, but you want to be like 110% of yourself. And so once you start yelling at the top of a show or like you do all of your seduce by the juice, you get your shoulders moving and all those sorts of things, it's harder to come back down from it. So that's some of the best advice I could give you is one, don't do Zooms with Brad when he's trying to dance while you're talking. Uh, And two, just like amp it up. 
Because at the end of the day, like Brad and I are about to play hardhead heater crib. We're about to give picks. You're not going to go bet $100,000 based on what we say, but hopefully we helped you, you know, find 20 minutes of entertainment. Hopefully you like, you know, what we are talking about. Maybe you bet it, maybe you don't. It's just an avenue for us to talk about sports and play a little bit of, uh, have a little bit of fun. I was about to say something that had a bad word in it, but I'm saving Brett from having to hit the bleep button. Um, And it's just, it's the entertainment part of it that matters more than anything else. Like, if you start trying to sell your picks, like Godspeed, because uh, that isn't an avenue that usually ends well, particularly in major media. So just be yourself, amp it up, find people you like to talk to, have good conversations, and then just try to be entertaining about this you know, silly little game that we all love. 